All right. Well, I am back. I took an extended break, uh, but I'm back, baby. Bigger, better, and better than ever. And we're gonna we're gonna be here uh, for the next little while. Uh, I, I April was so busy, but so positive as well. I got to travel to Florida. I got to do a pit stop in New Orleans, and just uh, you know opened up my neurotransmitters and created new experiences, new memories. And it's always good to keep your brain in a state of awe and in a state of adventure. And it, it, it promotes passion and it promotes uh, a sense of meaning. You know, anytime we step from a world of knowing to the world of unknowing, which traveling tends to do, uh, we have a physical reaction. You know, we, our, our body and our brain chemistry changes and it puts us in, in this state of experience, uh, which sends dopamine levels in our brain and, and, and puts us in a positive mood. So it's always good to go out there and get out of your comfort zone and, 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 uh, and you know, travel and just change the norm of your life from time to time so that you could continuously be in that state of awe, which is very important. And be within your flow and be able to, uh, you know, put bookmarks in your life as, as you're living through it. You know, one of the things that people always tell me is how time passes by so fast, how time flies. And not so much that time flies, is that people tend to uh, engage in repetitious activities, which in turn kind of uh, makes the brain go along with the passage of time. Uh, in, in a way where it seems like nothing has changed. And so, you know, you're doing the same thing for 10 years. Uh, there's no bookmarks there. There is no moment where your brain is going to remember the, the, the infusion of dopamine, the infusion of experience. You know, so it, it seems like time flew by, but it's, it's, it's the same time. It's the same, you know, experience. Life is short, don't get me wrong, and that is... That is tragic in a lot of ways, but in order to trick the brain into making it seem like it's longer than it really is, uh, you know, get out of your comfort zone, travel a little bit, engage in uh, positive friendships, go out to different restaurants every weekend, and there's so many things that will bookmark your brain into thinking that it's experienced more than it has. Uh, so I'm just sharing you, with you guys a little life hack there. And so I did that because I like to follow my own advice. I've been all over the place. And also, work has been hectic. I, 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 I was offered uh, a couple jobs, and, and, and I took one, uh, and that's working with patients that have eating disorders, which was something new for me. Uh, I had never worked with that population before. Uh, and, they, and they tend to need some more uh, longer care than uh, patients that come into the hospital for other issues. Um, and, and I was a little anxious and nervous. And I still am because, again, this is new to me. And I don't know how much the interventions that I'm trained for will work. And there's a lot, there's a lot of new information that I'm receiving along the way uh, when it comes to, to meal preparation and calorie counting and just overall physical health because these people are essentially killing themselves uh, by not eating. So it, it gets, uh, 
it, it gets very nerve-wracking for everybody involved, and it's a very high-tense situation. But you know what? I don't run away from anything. I don't fear anything. And anytime I have a new challenge presented in front of me, if I feel like I have enough fundamental tools to tackle it, I'm going to tackle it. So I did that, and I had my regular job, uh, which has been also very hectic because uh, I work with the with the school district, and we've had to get this manage this entire COVID situation where we have kids coming back to, to school, and the facilities have to be equipped with proper sanitation, proper uh, uh, cleaning equipment. Uh, we have to follow protocols by the health established by the health department. So that's been a lot of stress too. So. I've been putting in a lot of hours, um, you know, jumping to these jobs. But at the end of the day, when I hit my bed and I'm very tired uh, after 14-hour days, I'm also incredibly fulfilled because everything that I've done, I've done to uh, not only uh, contribute to my bank account, but also uh, it, it helps uh, not only young the young kids that are going to school, but also a lot of my patients that are going to hopefully uh, – leave my care and go on to a better life or, or at the very least progress to a better life. And that's really the best thing about doing what I do. And that's really what keeps me going. And it, it allows me to find meaning. So with that said, um, well, first of all, let me get, let me, let me talk a little bit about, uh, where you guys could find this podcast. If you guys stumbled upon it, uh, my podcast is called shadows in the cave and we are on iTunes, Stitcher, um, Google Play, anywhere anywhere that you get your podcast, we are there. Please leave us a five-star review so that the algorithm could pick us up better and promote us more. Um, I've had some good reviews already. Thank you for that. And, you know, we're just chugging along here. It's just a one-man operation. But with COVID over, now I could have some more experts come over to my house, a.k.a. my studio, and we're, we're going to be able to engage in some good positive dialogue when it comes to uh, all aspects of uh, human development as I call it um, so that's in the future and that's really what that was really my goal because uh, I want to bring in some of my mentors I want to bring in some of the people that I've collaborated with uh, over the years and pick their brain because these people are incredibly smart and they've done a lot of research and they know what they're talking about so I want to bring them on and now that you know, we're, we're loosening up with the COVID restrictions. Now that more people are getting vaccinated, that's going to be a possibility. So you don't have to hear me yap every time for 30, 40 minutes at a time. But for now, you'll still have to hear me yap. Uh, so we're going to talk today about meaning. I just told you guys a little aspect of my life that gives me meaning. And what is uh, how do I find meaning in my life? And this came about because uh, uh, about a month ago, I think it was a month ago, I was uh, doing, running a group therapy. And I had a couple, there were 20-year-old kids, um, and, and they said that they didn't have any meaning in life. They said that they didn't find purpose in waking up every day and being engaged in the repetitious nature of it. They didn't find purpose in waking up, going to work, coming home, being tired, eating, watching TV, going to sleep, waking up, doing the same shit over and over and over and over again. They just, and they were very depressed about it because they felt like that they had hit, hit their peak. And I think a lot of people could relate to that. Even though these kids were 20 years old, 
and there were certain things that they hadn't experienced yet that I know one day they will. Um, but at the same time, I think a lot of us do hit that wall from time to time. I think a lot of us, and it doesn't matter the age range, I think we do tend to uh, eventually get very, have this existential dread about our lives, right? It's like, so we're literally, the moment we're born, we're just going to waste time until the day we die. That's that's the, a very morbid way to look at life sometimes. And it makes sense because essentially when you break it all down, that's really what's happening. You just wake up, you're born and... Whatever you do in between the moment you're born and the moment you're dead is literally wasting time to get you to the next stage. But I, I so I looked at these kids, and one thing that I did remind them was that when you see nothingness in your life, when 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 you see a vast uh, life of nothing but repetitious cycles. Uh, and you feel like you don't want to really be within those cycles because it's why, right? I reminded them that they have the power to give their life meaning. And I think sometimes we forget that. I think sometimes we forget how much power we have over our lives. And I think sometimes we expect meaning to come to us. We expect to be on this earth and find the meaning somewhere out there whether it's in money or any any um, materialistic gain or any definition of success uh, or anything that kind of you're preconditioned to accept as meaning right and of course what people find out along the way is that that is not that's not the true at all at the end of the day our meaning is already within us it's a spiritual enlightenment that that kind of allows us to understand the joys of life so i think sometimes you know i told these kids i was like you know we can't we cannot go out there and seek the meaning unless it's something that's connected within you spiritually for example a lot of people find meaning in religion which is fine a lot of people find meaning within their families which is fine because that is something that is in tune with their internal spirit that is something that is brings shines the light even more within themselves but that is not for everyone and it, and i'm talking about both i'm talking about um you know family or religion or whatnot and 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 the, and the two things that they have in common is that they force the individual to be altruistic so when you're when you're be, when you're an altruistic person that means that you're giving yourself to someone else and without expecting anything in return and that is what we do when we're embedded in religion and that is what we do when we're embedded within our families and that is essentially a very soothing uh feeling that we that we have and that's something that we all need. And that's why it's beneficial to find meaning in those two aspects of life, if you do. And that's the reason why material items do not work. That's the reason why you could chase that dragon and make a million dollars or buy all the cars or buy all the properties. And that is not going to give you anything. It, it covers a hole within you that has a leak. And eventually that, that leak drains everything out and you have to cover it again so you're chasing the dragon because there is no altruistic uh give and take there 
there's no altruistic uh, reciprocity. Did I get that word right? Reciprocity. I'm a Latino. I have, I have a hard time with these words sometimes. Um, so the, there is. So so you you find yourself wanting to be uh, spiritually reciprocated when you accomplish all these materialistic things and endeavor tends to work. You still feel empty inside, right? Whereas you have people now. Studies have shown that people that live in poverty tend to be more spiritually satisfied than people that are millionaires that don't really have that altruistic theme going within them. Now, don't get me wrong, because people that live in poverty still have to eat, and, and taking care of your physical needs comes before taking care of your emotional needs, and thus they're also still suffering. But there is there is a contentment there, that, that there is a contentment variable that's absent from the people that are constantly chasing their meaning through materialistic needs because it just doesn't work and and it's been proven time and time again so the, I, I was telling these kids that they within themselves could create a meaning because let's be real all things being equal let's say religion doesn't do it for you i myself uh you know i i uh, disclosure here i am not a believer of a god but i am an incredibly spiritual person you know and also, I've worked with tons of, you know, religious people. I've worked with Christians. I've worked with Catholics. I've worked with uh, Muslims. I've worked with all these populations. And I use the religious beliefs as a, as a tool to empower them. And as a tool to give them the resilience that they need to get over whatever barrier that's presented in front of them. Because my, my opinion is irrelevant. I need to be there for them. And I need to use whatever they bring to the table and be able to empower them with their own tools. And I've done that many times and it works out. But for me, I don't have a religious connection with, with a, a, a higher spiritual being. So I have to find my meaning in other ways. And also, um, you know, I've, I've disclosed here many, many times, I, I was never the kind of guy that was going to raise a family because that's just not what I'm about. Um, so I, I, I decided very early on that I needed to find my, my meaning in other ways. And I took that chance to create my own meaning. And I told the kids this. I said, look, you have a space in time. You were born and then you're going to die. And in between, there is this space that you have to occupy. Right. It is your job to give that space meaning that's going to be satisfying for you now. Here's the crutch of it. That meaning could be very, very scary because that's a huge responsibility. And a lot of us do not want the responsibility to give our own life meaning because it also means that we have to be accountable for that meaning. You, get on, you understand what I'm saying? And for a lot of us, it's like, I don't want to be accountable. I want that meaning to come to me. And that's where we get stuck sometimes, because if you don't have a meaning organically come to you, then you're going to be in a situation where you have nothing to get up for. And when you have nothing to get up for in the morning, then all of a sudden, that's when the depression kicks in. That's when the negative coping skills come in, like 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 uh, addiction and, you know, overeating and all these other things. And so that's where you have to be careful. So I, I, I remind these people that. You need to give your life meaning. And that could be in a lot of ways 
but that also requires you to go into a, a, a period of self-discovery, which we're going to get to in a second, and engage in different trials and tribulations within yourself until you find something that brings you the passion that reawakens that light that we all have. I believe that we all have something to be passionate about, but some of us just haven't found it yet, and or some of us are scared to find it, which are which are two different things. So you 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 know you invest that time in yourself. You you stop living in fear because I tell these kids one thing you got to stop doing now is you got to stop living in fear. What do I mean by living in fear? I mean don't succumb to the learned anxieties. Don't succumb to the social expectations. Don't succumb to the cultural manipulations that we're all a part of. Don't succumb to the idea of I got to do this because this is what's expected of me. The moment that you do that, you're going to be right back into finding a meaningless life because now you're fighting against the grain, right? It's not about how many homes you own. It's not about if, if your family, if, you, if you're married at a certain time. It's not about if you wait a certain amount of pounds that that doesn't matter you have to get beyond that and start thinking what do i want to do with my life what what are my passions do could i turn my, could i monetize my hobby so that i could feed myself and also find enlightenment what do i love to do do i do, do i like to work with my hands do i like to work with my brain do i like to create do i like to help others there's all kinds of options here and what is it that I want to do? And I have to have the courage to create that life. And that's really what it comes down to is having the courage to create that life. There might be there might be struggles in the beginning because you're rebuilding. But you know what? In the long run, it's going to pay off. And, and that's what we all have to think about is the long run. And we always think about the short run. Everything we do is guided by the short run because we don't want to we don't want to suffer. We don't want to suffer tomorrow. So what we do is we put band-aids on and we continuously suffer for years and, and we start coping for that suffering rather than taking that big hit early and just ghosting through through the end. You understand what I'm saying? So, yes, there's going to be some trials and tribulations when you first discover what you want to do. There's going to be some fear involved, but you got to challenge yourself to get through that to, to follow your passions. And if you already, I've said this before, if you if you already have a, a, are married and have kids, then that's a conversation you would have to have with your spouse and say, look, it would not only would it benefit me, it would benefit the entire family if I'm allowed to work through this and chase so and so. I just had a guy, um, I just had a guy on the internet share with me that he wants to become a PI, and his wife is encouraging him because he was tired of his job, he was no longer finding meaning in his job, and he decided one day, you know what, I want to become a PI, I'm going to train to become a PI, and I'm going to go for it, and his wife encouraged him to do so, they, she supported him, and he's on his way, he just passed his test. And he's gonna he's gonna be spiritually content because he followed his passions. You know, we are we are we are spiritual beings who are just running this the the this shall we call body. And spirit needs to be fed, and, and food ain't gonna do it. The food is just to sustain this body. The spirit needs to be fed with passions, with experience, and with the ability to understand that this life is indeed a gift. 
And that's very hard to do when we're in a dark place. I get it because I've been there and there's a lot of people that I work with that, that are there now or have been there themselves. I totally understand when we can't see that light. But part of finding meaning is digging through all that maladaptive experience and, and, and habits and, and learned anxieties and finding that light. Because when you do, what starts to happen is that you start finding meaning in the ordinary. And that's when you know that you're in a good place, right? See, so I get up every morning and I think about my family and I think about my friends. And just that thought, just that thought that my nieces are, are doing great. My, my, my father and mother are, are still around. Uh, my friends are doing great. You know, I'll text my friends in the morning. I have that routine um, where I like to check up on them. You know, with the once in a while, I love you's in there. <laughs> um, and that in itself is, is it's so empowering to me because I've already put in the work and I've already understood that this life is not permanent. This life is going to end one day. But I have the time now to make the best of it because there, there is no if my life was something else. That doesn't exist. It's either I was born or I wasn't born. And guess what? I was born. And thus, I have this time that I get to give meaning to. And I've done it. And it's worked out for me. And one day I won't be here anymore. But as I'm here now, I'm just taking in the joy of having the privilege to be alive. Uh, because this is the life I was given. And so I decided to give it meaning. And that's the way I kind of live my life a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we have to do uh, to kind of help us a little bit to find meaning in our lives. Now, I will say that, again, this is a very simplistic format on this particular show. And in no way, shape or form am I devaluing anybody who's incredibly depressed right now because that's a, that, that's a very uh, understandable mood to be in especially in the times we live in or maybe something that you've dealt with for your entire life uh on and off uh so i completely understand where where those people are coming from if they're, if they're listening to me and they're saying it's so easy for him to talk like that because he doesn't feel like me no i do understand and i do understand how helpless people that are depressed could feel and and how there is no uh you know you you, you could sit there and say like there is nothing that I could find meaning in this world that has been so cruel to me, right? There is nothing that I could do to help me be functional the next day and get out of bed. And how if some of you are probably saying, I've already tried all that and nothing is working. And to that I say, give yourself a chance. That's that, you know, allow yourself to change perspective. Of where you've been because you know what you have nothing to lose you've tried everything else right you you've tried everything else and you still feel like you're in the darkest pits you've ever been in so why not give yourself the opportunity one last time to change perspective and give yourself a fighting chance because I'll tell you what there's a resilience that you've built that has taken you this far already so you're ready to take that next step 
but you have to give yourself a chance and you have to allow yourself to think of life in other ways. Why? Because you have nothing to lose. Because you've already tried everything else. You have to release yourself of the guilt that you've been carrying, possibly for other people, possibly from your abusers. You have to understand that your uh, that, that your behavior has been guided by trauma, by addictions that are a result of the lenses that you see the world through that, that are probably a result of a traumatic experience. And I would dare say a lot of that is not your fault. And that's the release that needs to start to, to uh, be worked on, to be let go of. And once you start to do that, life gets more tolerable. And once you start to build your toolbox with coping skills that allow you to wake up the next day and be mindful of the triggers that remind you of that trauma and you're able to defeat them with those coping skills, that's when life gets more tolerable. Not saying it gets easier, it just gets tolerable. But as it gets tolerable, you start to see another world. It's, it's like it's like being in a living room all day for years and all of a sudden looking out and opening the curtains and that's where you see the sunshine come in that's what that's the feeling that you get you're still in that house you're still in that box but you start to see an exterior world with the light and that's where you want to be at and so finding meaning allows us to get there so one of the big fallacies that that's conjured up within this culture is this idea that we all have a greater purpose right and it's a very egocentric state of mind because it's this idea that we're better than and if we don't find that then we are not actualized and that's bullshit our purpose is to live a functional life within the parameters that we establish for ourselves that is our purpose and that and within that we're going to find our meaning and that's it there's nothing to it i could go out there and i could live in the in a, in a cabin for the rest of my life and I'll be the most actualized human being in the world, even though I'll get up in the morning just to pick up my mail and get my groceries and go back in. And that's a very uh, progressive, positive life to me. All right. And what did I do? I literally just woke up every day just to be surrounded by nature in a cabin somewhere. And, and, and that's to me, that's a good life. See, so there was no greater purpose in my life. It's what I define to be my purpose. And that's and that's the big difference. And that's what. We have to come to understand, and that's one of the biggest things that upsets me more about Western culture, uh, this idea that actual actualization only comes about when we find our greater purpose, and that's, that's false. So the questions become, why am I doing this? Do I want to do this? And what do I really want to do? That, those are the questions. But we also have to understand that there is a connection of different variables at play here you know we have uh intelligence we have contentment we have states of depression we have th these different aspects working within within us to to form a complex relationship and also exists exists separately so we're, we're, we're multifaceted individuals and we're well-rounded individuals so the idea here is that what what is what is controlling our narrative right and are we intelligent enough to challenge what we understand our narrative to be and not to be and that's where meaning comes in because if you're still being guided by your past trauma 
then you're constantly going to be wearing those glasses of trauma and it's going to be very difficult to find meaning because everything is going to be a reflection of how you feel about yourself and that's going to put you in a in a defensive state constantly and that's something you don't want to be in because it because it's not gonna it's not gonna help you and it's actually it's actually gonna uh, uh increase your depression levels and your anxiety so you want to so you want to really start with like there, there's there's a three-dimensional model that that was introduced by a couple a couple uh individuals called Recker and Wong back in the 80s and it's a three-dimensional model uh, that that consists of coherence purpose and significance and so coherence means how much do you understand your life and significance is re refers to the sense that your life that your life is worth living and that your life has inherent value and with these three constructs you have meaningfulness in your life so what are some of the things that we should do in order to enhance our, mean, our, our meaningfulness well in a lot of my groups i talk about goal setting goal setting is very important not only not only to find meaning in your life but also to enhance your self-esteem when i work with adolescent groups i always talk about goal setting as a way to be more proud of yourself and thus be able to have better boundaries from from people to come and hurt you right because if if a if a 13 14 year old girl has the ability to play the piano or the ability to speak four languages or or is has a particular skill that that brings value to her and that it connects with her self-concept it's going to enhance her self-esteem and thus she's going to understand that she herself brings value to the people around her and what is that going to do well it's going to keep people that might hurt her away from them you know that's just one example so another thing that's important is that you have to understand how much your life makes sense to you and that's connected with goal direction and goal direction and mattering are both motivational components and synonymous with purpose and significance uh, so all these things come together and knowing that meaningfulness is derived from these distinct fields let us take a look at some of the things that will help you along the way. So the first thing we're going to start with is fostering a purpose, fostering a passion. And I remember I was reading uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, who was an uh, existential psychologist, uh, he had this idea that finding meaning it's a unique journey and we all have this ability to find meaning in our lives that are unique to us you heard what I said right there unique to us that means that out of all the people in this world the meaning that we conjure up is ours and ours only to follow along now some of them might look the same I, I have a lot of friends male friends who love being family men, right? I, I have many, and, and, and their whole meaning is embedded with their kids and their wife. <laughs> More so their kids, but that's a story for another day. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you have to, and I love them for that, and I'm very proud of them for that because I, I love seeing them so happy to raise a family. 
you know, and it works for them, but that's unique to them. And and even though I have many male friends who are extraordinary, extraordinarily proud fathers, I guarantee you if I decipher their um, macro level of living or micro level, I should say, I would see the differences in all, in all my friends and how they find meaning in different ways, even though in the big picture, it's all about family to them. So that's just to say that they, they do have uh, unique traits within their meaning. So again, fostering a passion, you know, uh, motivation is useful for activities that are considered dull, whereas passion is the driving force for activities that have significance for us, right? That's the difference between motivation and passion. Passion can be negative or positive. Negative passions referred to as obsessive passions are maladaptive and lead to unhealthy behaviors. These passions need to be avoided. On the other hand, positive, harmonious passions improve our behavior and lead to opti optimal functioning. But be careful because there is negative passions and they will give you the illusion of meaning. For example, people that are constantly uh, chasing after money, like I said, people that people that 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 they're in their their drive, their passion is to have millions of dollars in the bank, you know, the, the, the CEOs of the world, you know what I'm saying? And the research has said that those are some of the most miserable people that you're ever going to pull. And I've talked to a couple of them myself, and, and they, they, yes, they're very goal-driven, and there is not one suicidal bone in their body, and I'm talking about legit suicidal ideation, not the I had a bad day, you know, or the jokey way. Uh, I'm talking about legitimate because they have a passion, and they love what they do. But they're spiritually empty, you know. Um, so that's kind of negative, negative obsessions, negative passions. You want to find a positive, harmonious passion because that's what leads to good behavior and optical fun functioning. And people who have had more harmonious relationships with their passions also had stronger relationships with the people who share their passions. You you, you ever see a, a, a couple that's married? I work I worked in couples therapy, and I see couples that that are passionate about, uh, a lot of them are in, in the same career field, right? And they're passionate about that career field, and that brings them closer together, right? And that's a positive passion. Speaking of people, you have to develop and foster social relationships. Social relationships are beautiful. Social relationships are, are and a lot of people would say there are, there are reasons for being, connecting with other people. You know, uh, having children, uh, establishing a family, making connections with other individuals and maintaining these relationships are reliable ways to develop a sense of meaning in your life. People who report fewer social connections, uh, they get lonely and they also, and you know, they report lower meaningfulness because they have, we're social creatures. That is what we are, whether we like it or not. And unfortunately for people, there's been trauma to where they no longer trust anyone. There's been trauma to where they can't be socially be uh, socially be functionable, and that and that brings a negative impact to their lives. But sharing your passions with a group or like-minded individuals also helps further develop harmonious passions, which in turn can generate a sense of meaningfulness. So please establish and develop social relationships, and I mean real relationships. I know we live on a, in the era of online social media. I'm not saying you can't develop real relationships there. I'm just saying it takes longer and there's more to look for. But that's for another, that's for another episode.
you also your relationships increase your sense of belonging. So, although social connections are important, not all social connections are equal, right? Make sure to focus on relationships that make you feel like you belong, where you feel like you fit in with the members of that group and where there is a group identification. Participants who were asked to think of people with whom they felt that they belonged reported higher ratings of meaningfulness compared to participants who remember instances when they, when they received help or support or instances when they received positive compliments or statement of high social value. These findings also tie with the negative impact of ostracizing on the sense of meaning. So if you feel like you don't belong, then you have a lower sense of meaningfulness. So it's important that you feel connected to that group. It's important that you feel that you're contributing to that group, whenever, whatever social function you're in. And one of the more important ones is your mood. I said earlier, if you're in a dark place, give yourself the fighting chance to change that perspective. You know, you have to have a positive mood in order to allow yourself to accept the sense of meaning. So positive moods will give you positive results. That's a good positive affirmation right there. And managing your mood can be difficult. I get it. However, you 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 making time for self-care, making time for your interest and your hobbies, getting enough sleep, getting enough exercise, eating healthy, and consider uh, mindfulness. You know, these are all things that allow you to uh, change the way you think and the way your mood is, is expressed. You know, mindfulness is important to take a step back and, and understand the consequences of your choices. You know, if you have if you have a bad day, you have to take a step back and say, where is this day going to get me if I continue with this attitude? You know, what, what am I going to get out of this, right? And if I change my attitude, how is that going to benefit me, right? And a lot of it is connected to what you can and can't control. A lot of our mood is affected by the things that we want to control, but we cannot control. And that's where you have to step back and say, I can only control, I could only control with how react, blah, 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 blah. Let me start that again. I haven't stopped, folks, so I've just been talking and talking. This is all off the old noggin here. I could only control how I react to a situation. I cannot control the situation. That is a model that I live by myself, and it's helped me tremendously. No matter what situation I'm in, I only focus on my reaction to that situation. I cannot control that situation, especially when there's other people involved. You just can't do it. Too many people and too many opinions. Speaking of which, take control of your environment. Take control and create a cognitively coherent environment that can boost your meaningfulness. You know, you could, you, you, there, there's so many things you, you could do that I've, expressed in other shows in the past, uh, including choosing the people that you're going to be around with, establishing a routine that's going to be helpful to your idea of meaning, right? If you feel, if you wake up in the morning and you feel like the day needs you, then you're going to have a sense of meaning, right? And that could be a lot of things. It could, it could come from your job. It could come from your friends. It could come from a lot of different things. That again, going back to that altruistic nature, right? So that's where that's where you want to be is you want to be able to control, not control, to to build 
an environment that's going to be conducive to your meaning in life. Finding, finding meaning is incredibly important because, let me tell you, as you age, as you get older, as you start creeping into your 60s and 70s and even 80s, these are all, your life becomes very reflective. And if you have certain regrets, if you have things that you didn't do, those are the things that are going to come back and really haunt you. All right? And, and, and there's tons of research out there that says that most people, all the people that were surveyed that were between 80 and 90 years old said that the only thing they regretted in life was not doing certain things that they could have done at that time. Right? And so it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much, uh, you know, equity you might have within your community. It, it, it does, it's all about how much you gave to yourself and your spirit for enlightenment and for living. That's really what it comes down to. And as we get older, we start to understand that there is no selfishness in doing that. Because we start to understand that in establishing our own meaning, pursuing our own meaning, means that everybody around us benefits. Because we're going to be content. We're going to have a positive mood for being allowed to do that. You know? One of the things that I can't stand is seeing a person unhappy because they have fears and are enslaved to their current situation. I can't stand that, and it makes me very sad, but it also makes me a little bit disappointed in the person because they, they, they've given up this power, and they don't want to reclaim it, right? And sometimes we have to make sacrifices for that, you know? If, if you have a partner that's not being empathetic to your situation, even after the understanding that everybody will benefit, uh, then there's decisions that have to be made. You know, I get it. People have to eat. You you, you, you get stuck in the situation where you have to bring the check home and you can't try something new because then you can't afford to be without that check. I totally understand that. But there's still ways to go around that. Even there's sacrifices that could be made, right? You know, you could work. You could bring that check home. And then you could go to a, a night school. You could you could go to training on the weekends. You know, if you if you have hobbies that you love, if you're into photography, if you're an artist, if if you want to be altruistic and volunteer at animal shelters, if that brings you meaning, there's times and days where you could do that on a Sunday, on a Saturday, right? Yes, your family's gonna have to support you. Yes, you can't be with Mikey. Maybe for four to six hours a day on a Saturday because you wanna you wanna give in to your passions of volunteering. That's a conversation that needs to be had with the family, and they have to understand that if you're allowed to have those six hours a day at at whatever it is you wanna do, you're gonna come back into the household spiritually fulfilled and be more productive and be more connecting to the people that you love, which includes your spouse and your children. So these are the things that we have to think about when we're trying to try something new. And there's there's very few excuses that, that are of any value to me when people say they can't do it because. They can't do it because they're scared. That's really what it comes down to, you know? Even if you have to sacrifice a couple hours of sleep, it's all temporary anyway. That's something that needs to be done because at the end of the day, it's something that you're going to feel proud of, right? And you have to give in to that because it doesn't matter what I tell you. If you don't follow your 
meaning, if you don't create meaning in your life, you're going to have a very hard life because our brain is too big and full of possibilities for us to just ignore it and just try to go with the status quo of life. You know, there's so many little hacks that we could do in order to keep our spirit, our spirit fulfilled as we navigate through this life, through this hectic life with families and jobs and careers. There is a lot of things that we could do for that, but we need to stop being scared. And we need to stop thinking and catastrophizing that if I change anything about my life, even though I'm not particularly happy with it, that it's going to be worse. It can't be worse. Trust me, it can't be worse. Because if you're having anxiety, if you're having depression, if you're having mood issues, if you're having physical symptoms, it can be worse. And we need to try to, if we have meaning, follow through with it. And if we don't have meaning, understand that we have a blank slate. Understand that we have a clean canvas ready to be painted with our passions and our meaning. And that's something that no one could take away from you except yourself. So with that in mind, I'm going to sign off. We'll see you next week. Uh, It's Mental Health Awareness Month. That's why I wanted to drop this show here. And I'm going to see if I could do more shows along the way, specifically for this month. We'll have some some new topics here. With that said, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And we'll catch you down the road. Bye.